Hello, I'm Sven Erstring. Welcome to Let God Speak. Faith is one of the most important things in the Bible and indeed life itself. But what does faith look like? What happens when your faith goes for a bit of a slide? The best way to understand faith is not to try and explain it, but to see faith in action, to see someone actually living a real life of faith. That's what we're going to explore today. To go on this fascinating journey with me today, I have Stephen Groom and Alan uh, Sonter on the panel with me. Thank you so much for being with me here today. And before we dive into God's word, let us pray together. Father in heaven, I just want to thank you so much for, for the gift of your word, the record of how you worked in people's lives. And Father, they were real people, people that we can sympathize with, we can empathize with. Father, I pray that we could learn from the life of Abraham today. May our faith and trust in you grow as we spend time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I grew up in Hong Kong where my parents were working as medical missionaries at the Seventh-day Adventist Hospital, which was located in Chunwan. Because I grew up in a home where the Christian faith was a very central part of our family life, I absorbed the stories of the Bible in our family worships and when we went to church. For young people, one of the best ways for faith to become truly real is to have a spiritual mentor. For me, that person was John Ash. At the time, he was producing English language programs that were being broadcast into Northern Asian countries. That was his ministry and his job. For me, As a young person, John was an inspiring spiritual example. And though I discovered in time that he wasn't perfect, I learned so much by going on life's journey with him, like going jogging with him and installing an amateur radio antenna on the rooftop of his apartment building. John was a giant of faith for me. And you know, today, uh, Stephen and Alan, we are actually going to be exploring the life of a, a spiritual giant, a giant of faith. And of course, I'm not talking about Goliath. Um, And so the question is this, uh, we're referring to the person Abraham, who in the earlier part of his life was Abram. And that's another whole story in and of itself. And I guess, Stephen, I just wanted to ask you, uh, where do we see uh, Abraham being such a giant of faith in the Bible? Where do we find that in in God's word? Well, there's no question that Abraham is a towering person of faith in the Bible, and he's presented by by many authors. But the key Bible writer is Paul. You know, Paul presents, um, uses Abraham as an example, for instance, in Rome, in Galatia, and to the discouraged Jews living in the time of Hebrews, which we've just covered last quarter. Um, And Paul captures that significance. I'd like to read in Romans chapter 4 and verse 16, and it says, For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants. That's Abraham's descendants. 
not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, for he is the father of us all. And I like it. If you go back to Galatia, um, it says um, those who are Christ's, if we've accepted Christ, we become, we enter into the seed of Abraham and become his spiritual offspring. So it's not just for the physical dependent uh, descendants of Abraham. Mm. That's an incredible spiritual CV of faith. But Alan, I just wanted to uh, go back to the very beginning. Where does our journey with Abram start in the Bible? Well, Abraham began as Abram. That's right. As you pointed out. And his name appears on the list of Shem's descendants. Uh, And uh, he is one of Terah's sons. If you look in Genesis chapter 11, verse 26, this is what we read. Now, Terah lived 70 years and begot Abram, Nahor and Haran. And so the Bible shares this background. And then if you go down to verse 31 in the same chapter, 1131, this is what we read. And Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. So it appears that uh, God originally had planned for the whole family to go to the land of Canaan. But when they got to Haran, which is partway there, you've heard of the, uh, you know, the... uh, route between Babylon and Judea is not a straight line. It goes up. Through they Haran. like yes. to go down the, the, the cre- down the coastline. They call yes. it the Fertile Crescent. Fertile Crescent. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and therefore, they started off along the Fertile Crescent until they got to Haran, which is sort of in the north, and that's where they stopped. Mm. They didn't go any further. Mm. And uh, in fact, uh, they must have stayed there quite a long time because Abram was... 75 years old when, they, when he left there. Yes. Now, thank you for sharing with us the, the, the family history and also the geography as well. But Stephen, we want to dive into when God steps into Abram's life. Uh, can you take us into that, that point in history? It's interesting how God changes your life. I mean, the first thing he says, go, you know, and I'd like to, to go in the Bible where he says that Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, now the Lord said to Abraham, now Abraham means exalted father. Later, Abraham means the father of many. Father of multitude. Multitude, yes. Mm. And so here he's just the exalted father. Go from your country, and there's three things here. Go from your country and, and, and your kindred and your father's house. So he starts mm. out your country, your kindred, and then your father's house to the land that I will show you. Mm. Now, that's an amazing analysis. And Alan, the question, though, is what was God's purpose in, in calling Abram to, to leave the land where his, his family was from? God had big plans for Abram. If we read uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, two, uh, 2 and 3, or 1, 2 and 3, we can. Now, the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your kindred, and from your father's house and the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. 
and I will curse him who curses you. And he knew all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm. Mm. So I guess the, the question that comes to mind is this. Why, why did Abram have to leave Haran? Why, why did, you know, couldn't he have done his, his, um, uh, his life's work, God's calling, just by staying home in, in his family's um, town? Why did he need to leave? It's a well-known fact that when people are, uh, feel secure, it's very hard to change them. And so the best way to reach people is to take them out. And, and God wanted Abraham to have this dependence upon him, to trust mm. him in the uncertainties of hostile lands which he had to go. And uh, this way Abraham would, Abraham would learn to depend upon God more. Um, it takes faith to trust God and, and head out into the unknown, so to speak. And this is what God is trying to do. Mm. Now, it's interesting in the verse you read, Alan, that he said, he took him out to a place that he would show you. Interesting yes. that he never ever settled anywhere, did he? Mm. Because it says in Hebrews that he, he searched for a land whose maker and builder was God. So he began to realize that he really wasn't going to settle in this life, didn't he? Mm. That's right. And, and the other point to keep in mind is the culture that Abram lived in in, in, her, in Ur mm. was a, an idol-worshipping culture. Mm. Now, there's one thing that is very sure, and that is if God was going to keep Abram and his family as worshippers of the true God, the creator God, he had to get him away from that culture where he was going to be worshipping idols. Culture is so strong, there are very few people that can withstand their culture for very long. And if Abram mm. had stayed in Ur, even in Haran, mm. eventually he would have been an idol worshipper like, like the rest of his family. Mm. And, and, and that's what surprises me is that his father went with him because his father had a job making idols. You know, mm. Mm. I w would have thought that he w God would have called him to leave his father. It almost mm. seems as though uh, his father was leading the the yes. expedition up as far as Haran. Mm. And of course, Ur of the Chaldees is in Babylonia. So yes. there's a symbolic reason too. And that is that this is a symbol of the fact that Israel's been called out of Babylon. Mm. And we could, if we had time, we could read the verses Isaiah 48, 20, where after the 70 years of captivity, God called his people back from Babylon. And in Revelation 18:4, come out of her, that's Babylon, my people, God calls. Mm. So that call to come out of Babylon is still stands even to this day. We find that in Revelation 18, as you mentioned. So, Stephen, the question is this. How did Abram respond? Well, let's read it in the Bible in uh, Genesis chapter 12, what we're looking at, and verse 4. So Abraham went, Abram went, sorry, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, when he departed from Haran. And um, Paul gives a spiritual significance to the background to, to um, Abraham's response. Hebrews 11.8. Hebrews 11 and verse 8. And it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. Wow. And it's interesting, I, I believe that God spoke to him so much because he was so obedient to the call. You mm. know, if yeah. he hadn't have obeyed, then maybe God didn't, wouldn't have spoken to him so much. 
Yes. Isn't that the same with us, I suppose? Absolutely. And, and Alan, that, that leads us to, to a really, really important question. What do you think would have happened if Abram had not responded to God's call? God's plans always work out. And therefore, if Abram had not responded, God would have worked his plan out in some other way. Mm. No one in heaven and earth can stand in the way of God's plans. And uh, we need to remember that, that uh, when God calls us, if we don't respond, we are the ones who lose out on the blessing. Mm. God promised that in Abram, all the world was going to be blessed. If he had refused to do his part, the world would have been blessed, but not through Abram. Mm. And Mm. that's a lesson for us to remember. If God is calling us, we should obey the call because if we don't, we will lose the blessing. God's plan will work out anyway. And, and that's a really practical question that we'd like to dive into. I mean, we, I know that we're deep into God's word right here in Let God Speak. But the, the question is this, what might God be calling us to, to leave in our personal lives? Is, is there anything that comes to mind? Well, it, I know in my personal um, testimony in my life, I was living at home. I was very secure, had a stable job. And God called me out through some people I met traveling on holidays. And I began traveling around Australia. And, and the same as Abraham, I, God was trying to teach me to learn to trust to him. Now, it wasn't easy coming out, you know, into the mm. unsecurity of the unknown. But um, yeah, God called me out. And within a short time, he was teaching me many things. Mm. Well, I was teaching in Auckland at a school there when the Lord said, this is not where you need to be. You need to be a way where I can teach you without the interference of anybody else. And he sent me to the Gilbert Islands. And Mm. uh, I think that we've got to be careful of anything that interferes with God's plan for our lives. When God opens a door, go through it. Mm. Because if you don't, you will suffer the consequences. Mm. No, I really appreciate your sharing uh, your personal stories and, and, and backgrounds in this. But we want to continue on uh, with Abraham. And, and so what we find here is that Abram responds to God's call, but very soon he, he shoots off somewhere else. Uh, so, so the question um, is this, Stephen, where, where did Abram go? What was, the, what was the story that continues from here? Well, let's um, read that story in its Genesis 12 and verse 10. Um, it says, now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien for the famine was severe in the land. It takes some time to, to learn to trust God. You know, he, um, you know things, got, it, things got tough and uh, what Abraham is facing is daunting. There was a famine in the land and uh, he takes the situation in his own hand. He heads down to Egypt. Mm. So suddenly Abram's responded to God's call, um, but he faces the famine and, and his faith really starts to, to waver. So, Alan, what's the significance of Egypt? Why head down to Egypt? What's the biblical meaning of that? Well, Egypt was the place where Israel seemed to always turn their minds when they needed some help. And uh, if we look at Second Kings 18.21, we see this is God's comment on that. Now, look. God says in verse 21, Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh king of Egypt to all who trust in him. So really, 
Egypt is, represents the tendency of people to find their own way instead of following God's way. And as God says, you'll, you'll experience nothing but trouble if you go to Egypt. Mm. And of course, uh, Abram heads down to Egypt, but when he gets there, um, he, his lack of faith is demonstrated in a very, very powerful and very, uh, uh, not tragic way, but, but a very um, troubling way. How does that occur, Stephen? Uh, the, the biggest danger in Abraham's life, I think, is his wife, because he has a, a very beautiful wife, Sarah, and um, he becomes in danger. And let's read about that in Genesis chapter 12 and verses 11 to 13. It says, when he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarah, I know well that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you, they will say this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister so that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared on your account. Now, in some ways, um, she was his stepsister, but it was a bit of a uh, stretch of the truth. Mm. And um, so I like the way that the Bible doesn't um, hide any of the flaws of the patriarchs. Mm. But this is a big mistake in his life, wasn't it? Yeah. And certainly the the half-truth that Abram uh, shared became a big problem. But the question, Alan, is this, is how did God respond to, to Abram's lack of faith? I mean, he just called this, this man, this, this really amazing man, and, and yet here he's off going to Egypt. Well, the good news is that God doesn't give up on us when sometimes we don't have the faith to, to follow him as we should. <clears throat> the Bible tells us that God entangled Sarai from Pharaoh's harem. We read it about it in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 20. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and they sent him away with his wife and all that he had because God had told him, mm. if you don't let this woman go, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> mm. Yes. So diving into it a little bit more deeply, uh, Abram told a half-truth which means he actually told a lie. Yeah. Did that lie have consequences? Oh, yes, sin always have, uh, has consequences um, where God's grace abounds, uh, sin abounds, so to speak. But um, the Bible says in Genesis 12, verse 17, that the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Remember that, that God had already made a promise to Abraham that um, from your bowels, you'll have an heir. And mm. so God was um, deemed, he had to protect Sarah from anything like that. Mm. Yes. No, it's very, very important that we understand that, that we, we need to speak the truth. Yes. And um, otherwise it does have consequences. But uh, the good news is this, is that Abram comes back on track. He gets back on track. And, and Alan, can you take us to that part of his story. How how is faith uh, demonstrated in Abram's life once again? Well, they both had great flocks and herds and they were both herdsmen <clears throat> and uh, it was obvious that they were going, there wasn't enough uh, resources for both of them. And so Abram comes to Lot and he says, look, we, we're too numerous. We don't want to get into fights. So you choose which you'll, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the 
the right, I'll go to the left. In other words, he gave the choice to Lot. Mm. And we read the story in, in chapter 13. Uh, I don't think we'll take the time to read all of those verses because uh, uh, verse 14, right down through to the end of the chapter, the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from, from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward and westward, for all the land which you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. So Abram knew that the land was all ultimately going to be his. Mm. But he was magnanimous and he said to Lot, look, you, you go where you prefer mm. and I'll take the other. Mm. Which is quite astounding when you think about it, uh, Stephen, because, you know, there's, a, there's an older member of the family here and... And yet uh, you'd think that Abram should be the, the one that gets the first choice, right? Yes. Whereas he steps back a, and shows, you know, that, that I'm just going to trust in God. Yes. I'm just going to find um, my, my future, my, my inheritance in God. It, it's an amazing, amazing journey. What, what do you see in the way that God responds to Abraham? What do you learn from that? Uh, I learned um, if we go to verses 11 and it says, Lot in, in opposition to, um, to Abraham, he chooses for himself. He, he looks and he compares and he says, so Lot chose himself all the plain of the Jordan um, and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. But he saw that it was well watered as a land prospering. And he basically is a little bit selfish, isn't it? He choosing mm -hmm. the better land for himself rather than Abraham instead of allowing him. But Abraham is not choosing for himself um, in verse 12. Mm. And it says, He settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled among the cities of the plain of, and moved his tent as far as Sodom. But um, the people of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. So Lot didn't realize that he'd make a big mistake in, in doing that. Mm. It kind of really reminds me of the story of uh, Cain and Abel. Yeah. Where, where Cain chooses his own sacrifice, whereas Abel says, no, I'm going to accept the, the gift of righteousness that, that comes from, from Jesus. And it's amazing. But of course, what happens beyond this is that uh, the story kind of heats up, shall we say. And what happens to Lot and also uh, for Abram after they separate, Alan? Well, there's conflict because four kings from uh, the Babylonian area come right around to, to Canaan and uh, they were confronted by five kings, one of whom was the king of Sodom. And uh, in the ensuing battle, Sodom was ransacked and all the people of Sodom, including Lot, were carried off as, mm. as captives. And... Uh, it uh, just really shows that when we're not walking in God's ways, anything can happen. But mm. Abram, he didn't get involved in all of that because mm. he was trusting in the Lord. But um, his, uh, he kept the peace for the time. Mm. for mm. the time being. Yes. But he did get involved, but we'll hear about that later. Yes. What can we learn from Abram's peaceful um, approach at this time. So this great big battle is raging, but Abram's at peace. What can we learn from that? It, we, we need to realize sometimes we can ask, why me? Why am I in this situation? Because we are living in a dangerous world and a spiritual battle 
And we must keep aware that we're in a spiritual battle and between good and evil, between unseen angels and, and, and God. And so um, like Abraham, we need to trust humbly with God and do the things that we know to be spiritually right. Mm. Things may not work out the best for us physically, but we know if we remain faithful to God, we have eternal life at the end. Mm. Mm. And from your perspective, Alan, what, what do you learn from Abram's approach? Well, Abram, who was faithful to God and trusting in God, he didn't get involved in this battle. But uh, if we read in uh, Genesis fourteen twelve, and they took Lot, they also took Lot's, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. So Lot ends up being a... a um, Captive, a prisoner. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but Abram, he just trusts in God to look at, look for everything, and uh, and and he doesn't. Well, he does get involved, but he gets involved not as one of in in the conflict, but as a rescuer, a savior. Mm. Mm. So that's a really important point, Stephen. Why does Abram go into rescue Lot? Because you know Lot had chosen this piece of land. You know, he could have said, well, you know. Fend for yourself. Yeah. Why does he get involved? Well, I mean, God, Abraham, like God, still cares for his people, though they, they might stray from the, from the right path. Um, so though we, we choose our own, path, our own path like Lot did, I mean, God still is seeking to draw us back. And Abraham also sought to bring his um, Lot back as well. Mm. But, um, yeah, and through that rescue... I believe that Abraham witnessed to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah of the true God. Mm. And, and also, he, we would probably say, Lot got himself into the trouble, let him get himself out of it. Exactly. But Abraham didn't take that view. Exactly. Now, um, Abraham could have also wanted the publicity, you know, to get all the rewards from this incredible victory. But what, did, what approach did he take in this... Um, uh, in, in the victory that he won. Alan, what, what do we see here? Well, it's typical of, of um, Abram's character that he's not looking for publicity. He's not looking for credit. In fact, the first thing he does is to pay his tithe. And if we read uh, in uh, chapter 14 and verses 18 and 19, we read, Then Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, he was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So Melchizedek understood very clearly that the victory was really God's victory, and uh, Abram recognized it too. And that's mm. why Abram said, I will not accept any of this uh, material that I recovered from the king of Babylon. It's all, uh, he just paid the tithe on it and, mm. and uh, that was the end of it. Mm. We can learn so much about faith uh, from the, the life of Abram. You know, as we know so well, faith is the victory. We need to put our faith in Jesus. We need to put our trust in God. We're saved through faith. We are healed by faith. And our obedience to God's commands and our faithful return of tithe demonstrates our faith. Even when our faith wavers, God still comes through for us to rescue us, just like he did for Abram and Lot. We're so glad you joined with us today on Let God Speak. If you enjoyed this program, 
You can watch past programs on our website, 3abinaustralia.org.au. You can also download teachers' resources there too, if you're leading your own Bible study group. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, just send us an email. We look forward to seeing you next time. Remember, put your faith in Jesus, then put your faith into action. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.